To you it's just a game, for me it's all I know I make them remember my name before I have to go Losing, I can't fathom, that's a champion's passion Confidence never lacking, drop the beat, let's attack them They be checking for the content, you tired of that nonsense No gimmicks, break limits, quality is I promise This is more than a show, this is a way of life Cause the game as it grows, takes us to higher heights Check the stats before you check me And don't tell me who the greatest if you don't know the history Robert Ramon and Carlos the new big three And if the pins ain't from them Don't bring them to me Cause I go off like a rocket launcher Man, I just ain't the beat I'm a real monster I can hear the crowd chanting MVP That's my mantra Here's a standing on For the opinionated bench warmers Banger, are we live? Are we live? <laughs> Welcome to the OPA the Bench Farmers Podcast, episode 61. Thank you for joining us again. We're here with another edition of some sports talk with my brother Los. What's happening over there in San Antonio, bro? Not much, man. Not much. 6-1. Man, we we pushing through, man. We we really we really building the catalog now, man. It just feels good to get back to it been off a couple weeks you know for unseen reasons here but you know glad to be back man glad to be back who would have ever thought who would ever thought man yeah who would have not me talk about it <laughs> nah man yes yeah, it's, it's good to be back man we got a, we got a good bit to talk to man so we're not gonna waste any time i just want to start off by saying if you are a listener of us and you enjoy it, make sure that you're sharing it with a friend. Make sure that you follow us on un- underscore Benchwomers on Instagram and Twitter. And make sure that you subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast at. And please leave a review if you feel inclined to. That's if you enjoy it. You know, I'm, I'm not pushing you. Shout out to the first time listeners as well. We welcome you to the Opinionated Benchwomers podcast. And this is how we do things around here. So, Los. Where you want to begin, man? We got we got a list of things to start, man. Uh, well, I mean, I know before you know our last episode, we talked to Darnell, and you know he was explaining the bubble and things like that, and that's that's really the big thing. This week we getting we getting exposition games going. Can you, know? you believe it? Yeah, wow. We ten, did. We ten days away. We actually ten days away from the restart of the NBA season. And what's the first game? I know the Pelicans play. I don't know who they playing. I can't think of it right now. And I know that the Lakers, our L.A. Lakers, play the Clippers that night. So, man, I can't wait, man. I'm going to get off work, give me some chicken wings, <laughs> give me some lemon pepper, you know. Fat boy, I need a 10-piece. <laughs> and I'm going to sit down and I'm going to be watching sports all night, man. Yeah, so, I mean, here's the thing. You know, the, the Jazz and the Pelicans play that first game, and then the Clippers and the Lakers play that, that next game. So the, the best part about this is, one, we got a little preview of what it can be with the TBT tournament. That's mm-hmm. my brother, you put that on. You put me on that and started watching that. Mm-hmm. So that gave us a good preview of what the NBA could be with better players, obviously the best of the best playing. And then secondly, you know, they're all playing, they're playing all these games on the East Coast, so... Mm-hmm. For us, like in Louisiana, 
or Texas or Central Time Zone or anywhere, these games are going to start earlier than usual. Yeah, you I saw that the Blazers the play at 2 o'clock Friday. I'm I'm, mad. I'm kind of upset because I wanted to see my boy Dame Dollar play. But, you know, right. I see him play at some point, you know, of course, because I'm expecting them to – Make it to the playoffs and uh, snatch that AC. But Los, let's say that I don't want to. I really don't want to start there. Let's start with the talk of the town. We also we know that Cam has signed with the Patriots, and they gifted us with uh, a roundtable discussion, if you will, on Odell's YouTube. It was about an hour and a half long. If you didn't check it out, just check it out on Odell's YouTube page. He has an interview where it's Odell, it's Cam, Odell Beckham Jr., Cam Newton, and Victor Cruz, as well as your boy, Los. Uh, that's why I'm interested to get your thoughts on it. With Ty Gurley was sitting at the round table, which was a former L.A. Ram. You got his jersey. Don't act like you wasn't a huge fan when he was doing big things for y'all, when he was Offensive Player of the Year not too long ago. What did you get overall from that discussion, Los? And I'll share my thoughts after you. No, I, I I like their honesty, the whole discussion. Um, you know, it's just one. These players now, I think you you see NFL players now are being more outspoken than they have been. You know, in the last ten years, you know, these last couple years, they're more outspoken. So that's good. They're putting the pressure on these owners and these teams now to make decisions to, you know. Um, speak out on equality, inequality in, you know, in America. So that's my, my initial thoughts on that is, you know, I'm glad that they're starting to speak out and be more open. You know, my other thoughts were, you know, I'm ready to see these, these, those are three players that have something to be, to prove this year. TG, Ty Gurley with, you know, his injury, obviously, you know, and everyone kind of talking about that. So, you know, I can expect him to have a good year, you know, hopefully his knee holds up. You know, Odell, you know, coming off a year where, you know, he wasn't himself. You know, people wanted him to tone it down, so he's ready to release him, be that emotional player again, which, you know, when he's that emotional player, he's the best of the best, you know, second to none on the field. And then, you, of course, you got Cam Newton, who, you know, he feels disrespected by the Carolina Panthers. of anybody that's been living on a rock, you know, seeing all of these motivational posts, even, you know, posting on Instagram and saying, hey, you know, he, he, he tired of being humble. You know, he ready to he ready to show he still got it. You know, he, he feel disrespected that a lot of these guys getting signed over him. And rightfully so. It, his catalog and things that he's done, being an MVP in this league, is better than some of these players will ever touch. You know, now granted, like he admitted, and I respect, he said he hasn't been putting up the best film, but again, he was not healthy. You know, if you remember the conversations that we had last year, Rob, I told you, beginning of the year when we played, when I went to the first game of the season and was watching Cam Newton against the Rams uh, down in Carolina, that was the first game, week one, I said Cam ain't right. Mm-hmm. And just tell Cam ain't right. You yeah, know? I remember that. And and rightfully so. He said he rushed his injury. He tried to come back. You know, his foot wasn't right. His shoulder wasn't right. He just wasn't, you can tell, like he was not a running threat at all. So it's going to be interesting to see him come back full strength. He's been hitting it hard all offseason. He got something to prove. When you got a, a good player that got something to prove, you're going to see Cam a goal. The only thing is you just hope that the injuries hold up with him. Los, my angle is going to be a little different than yours. 
Uh, the question I posed was, what did I get out of it? Or what did anyone could have gotten out of this, I guess, roundtable discussion, I call it? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> I felt like it was absolutely pointless. Uh, I want to preface this before I even begin and say that I am huge fans of Odell Beckham Jr. I am huge. I am a huge fan of Cam Newton, and I hope they both have wonderful seasons, and as well as Todd Gurley. But I, I mean, Cam, Cam, and Odell may be one of my favorite, some of my favorite players in the league. But I, I must be objective and and I must tell the truth here. I feel like it's pointless. I feel like all the scrutiny that they are under from the media, I feel like they have brought upon themselves. And I say that because let's start with Odell. Odell is a very emotional player, you know, and then you you look back a couple years ago, he's swinging his helmet at the goal, um, at the kicker's goal. He, you know, he, he crying on the sideline and, you know, he, he's showing emotion, you know, for, you know, and people like, you know, it's not, you know, as a football player, you do have to have emotion. But in this particular instance, when he was acting out, everybody that watched that is like, what the hell is wrong with Odell? Like, why is he acting like that? And then there comes the criticism. So did he bring that up on himself or not? You know, I think the scrutiny and the criticism that he brings up on himself, I think that if you, you know, I think that all the guys at the table, which I feel like Ty Gurley really didn't belong because Ty, you know, he even said it in the interview. He was just like, I'm, I'm not like these guys at this table. I'm more laid back than you guys, you know. Like, I don't really, you know, I'm not really into the to the antics. You know, you look how Cam, you know, Cam is free to dress the way he the way he do. But, you know, we know he dresses to, to get attention. It's like they get the attention and they get the fame that they want. And then it's just like they complain about it. But most of the, the criticism that they get, it comes from their antics. When I say that I absolutely got it, that I absolutely got nothing from this roundtable discussion is when I look at Victor Cruz asking these guys, what do you plan to do to urge your team to, you know, with this Black Lives movement and to slide into this movement to make to impact change? Dog, am I tripping lows? I know you watched the interview. They Cam avoided that question he danced around that question like he never really answered that question directly none of them at the table was able to the only one that was 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 completely honest was todd he's like i really haven't thought about it and that's real you know i understand that you know he hasn't thought about it maybe that maybe victor cruz will get the with get the uh get the get the mind rolling on some ideas but overall i mean i, I don't know you know and, and we know cam and odell you know odell has been more vocal on his social media but you know cam was one of the first ones to say all lives matter you know four years ago when that came up so we know that he's not the one to really get into social issues but you know it, it just kind of like why y'all sitting here it just felt like a whole a table full of guys which i i don't blame todd because todd wasn't complaining he he really was reserved in it and he really didn't say much and then when he did it was impactful you know just about you know how we gonna restart this season you know um you know just talking about you know how you know you know he got a lot more to prove that he been working out every day you know important important stuff but you know with odell and cam it just felt like they was complaining the whole time and it was just like a venting session and i honestly could have done without that i could have used that hour and a half of my time for something else because really the main the main uh bits of it was cam saying that McDaniels could call plays that he couldn't with Tom. I found that interesting. 
you know, but I saw that on Sports Center. They, you know, I feel like it, you know, honestly, if you were to watch this, I don't feel like you get anything out of it. Like it ain't like the the shop, you know, with 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 LeBron, which they probably kind of try to kind of mimic. Well, you do get some impactful, honest insight into into certain issues, but you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Los, but you know, that's just kind of how what I got out of it. I don't know if I, you know, maybe I missed something or you know what, but that's that's how I felt. That's what I gathered from watching this. No, I agree with that, and I think partly I somewhat touched on that. You know, I think it was a session of them mainly talking about themselves and them redemption and coming back and. It was more of a session of like, hey, you know, I'm ready to be back me type of thing, you know. Mm. So I agree with that. It wasn't more so the impact that, you know, I don't know if that's what they intended for it to be. Um, you know, I know Victor Cruz asked them questions to set them up for that. But, you know, it was a, a me session about them. Like, hey, yeah. I need you to be you. I need you to yeah. be you type of thing, you know. And it was, you know, him... You know, I think the most impactful thing was him addressing the, like he said, the elephant in the room, him following up Tom Brady, mm-hmm. you know, and saying that, you know, Josh McDaniels now can call plays that he can never call before. So that, to me, was the most impactful thing of it. It was like, you know, everybody right. was afraid and was talking about Stidham replacing Brady and how that's going to go. Now that, that pressure is on. I thought and, it was interesting with Julio and Todd. Uh, I never really thought about that combo. I mean, that's going to be Julio's regarded as one of the best receivers in the NFL. And Todd seemed very excited to have that type of weapon or to be playing with that type of weapon. So uh, it's exciting to see how these guys are going to do. Like I said, I may have been critical to them, but I'm actually huge fans of them. But, you know, it's not my job. When I do this podcast, when we all do this podcast, it's to keep it 100, regardless of who we like and who we don't like or who we connect to and who we not connected to. And I just felt like, you know, that roundtable discussion, it wasn't needed. And I, I guess uh, Odell, you know, he's done plenty of interviews just saying that same thing about being scrutinized and, you know, being criticized. You know, like he's saying when he broke his ankle, he wanted to quit and, and all of this. You, you're playing football. You're going to get hurt. You know, um, I don't know. I just, I just would prefer for these guys, you know, to just, you know, like with with Cam, I I enjoy the, the videos on his Instagram. Like the next man, you know, if you not if you hadn't been paying attention, Cam Newton has been posting, you know, just motivational videos, and he's been working out. He looks great, Los. He looks he looks great. I mean, he looks like a tight end playing quarterback. He's huge, and after those workouts, he does do these, you know, kind of. Um, well, I can't think of the word. Is it a soliloquy or like a? You know, I guess I'll call it that. If it's wrong, it's wrong. But, and he goes into how, you know, he was left for dead. And, you know, how just like Lo said a, a couple minutes ago, he, he's a lion. When a lion roars, you know, everybody has to pay attention. So, he's really hungry. And I enjoyed it like the next man. You know, because I, I love competitiveness. I love seeing these million-dollar athletes who are paid. Just that money don't mean anything. I want to win. I love to see young athletes compete. But not at this point. I think, it, you know, he's putting a lot of pressure on himself, so he better come through. And not just performance-wise, but just pressure to stay healthy as well. Um, but I, I would like for him, I would like for it, okay, now, you know, enough is enough, kind of. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's, he's welcome to say whatever he wants. I'm not telling him to shut up and 
remind me to apologize. I gotta apologize for something I said on the last podcast on that note. But um, continuing on this note, it's just you know, I, it's time to put up or shut up. You know, it's time to get out there and do what you gotta do. You know, I, I'm kind of you know I'm kind of exhausted on the videos. Yeah, yeah. No, I need you to address what you need to apologize now. Now you got me and the <laughs> listeners wondering. No, nah, man. I, I said some things about the, you know, just going back to the KD thing and the Kyrie thing. And I think what I said was clear, but uh, just about, you know, when him and, and uh, Kendrick Perkins was going at it, I, I think I said something to the effect of I'm ready for him. to. I think he needs to shut up and, uh, and uh, I'm ready for him to get back on the floor. I didn't mean. No, that's what I'm saying. Don't say that. It's not associated. That's not what I was saying. I was not saying for him to shut up and dribble. He's welcome <laughs> to say whatever he want to say, and I I like that he's vocal. What I was trying to say is that I prefer to not see him getting uh, minimal back and forth with players. I would like for him not to do that, uh, uh not to get involved in petty arguments. And I'm ready for him to rehab and get back on the floor because he's one of my favorite players to watch. That's what I meant. But it did kind of look, it kind of, when I listened back to the podcast, it did kind of sound a little shut up and dribblish. I did not mean that. Y'all know where I stand on these political, I mean, these social issues. I would never, ever say anything like that. But what I meant was I would prefer for him not to get in petty arguments that don't matter and for him to focus on his rehab and get back on the floor. Now, if he does choose to do that, he's free to do that if he wants to get in petty arguments. But I don't think he serves himself any justice or anyone else. That's what I mean. I respect that, man. Yeah. I, I respect that. And you at least coming back and catching that. Yeah. Um, you know, you are doing some backpedaling like you on TV and getting, getting scrutinized. No, man. <laughs> I didn't get scrutinized. I don't think anybody, I think everyone knew what I was trying to say. But I think that I didn't like how it sounded, so that's why I scrutinized myself. Respect, yeah, because it was it was close to the shut up and dribble ish type. I was like, Ugh, I don't like how that came out. So I was in between kind of addressing it and not addressing it because it's like sometimes you can, you know, feed into something and make it bigger than what it was. But I feel like I respect you know my platform and how I feel about it. You know, it should be clear that. Nah, I don't. I'm not saying shut up and dribble. So that's that. Respect, man. Appreciate it, bro. So, so man, uh, yeah, that's all I got to say about the round table, man. I, but I am looking forward to them guys getting back on the field. Um, I didn't pick. I didn't pick Odell on my fantasy team. <laughs> I wish I would have. I wish I would have picked up Cam though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm. I still. I still am in a Cam got to prove it to me phase, you know, I know a lot of people have already just think Cam gonna go out, but you know, it's, he first of all, he's gonna have a softer schedule than he ever had, you know, so that's playing in his side, you know, and second of you all, know how I, NFC, you know how my Saints NFC South division get down <laughs> Yeah, no, nah, that, that division has gotten even tougher if you ask me Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, I don't even know if that's argued, you can argue that No You know, I, I, I don't know, you know, again it's, it all goes back to his health and Cam, you know, we all thought Cam was back to himself. And then last preseason, he got hurt with a foot injury, you know, and then it was all downhill from there. Because all it takes is one little injury. And Cam was taking some punishment over the years, you know. 
I don't know if he, as he's getting older and he's in his 30s now, it's like, I don't know if he can continue to do that. And I know that's what's driving him right now is that doubt. People mm-hmm. doubt him. So, again, we can doubt and we can say whatever we want, but when you take a hit to a shoulder or you feel that foot acting up again, you know, you can in your mind want to be the best player you want to be. But for all the time, as we know, is what? Undefeated. Good talk. Undefeated. <laughs> hey, give me a chance. You give me a chance, bro. <laughs> yeah, but I agree. I, I think I think he's too motivated. I, I think he's gonna have a hell of a season. Uh, I think Belichick is gonna make sure that he's put in a position to succeed, like he's done his whole career. Is just put people in places to succeed. I think they definitely have a plan in place. And Cam, I mean, I mean, you gotta look at it, bro. Like, I mean. The the Patriots they've been doing they got some decent receivers man they got Muhammad Sanu over there they got a uh, what's that guy name from Arizona State Nikhil Harry they got Nikhil Harry over there who was pretty much injured for the majority of last season so he's gonna come back healthy fresh this season to do some damage then they got another cat that I like a lot you not got to go through these receivers and not name Edelman I mean I was getting to him then you got <laughs> Julian, Julian Edelman like you say. Uh, that's that's coming through, but then you got another cat that was a rookie last year that I'm keeping an eye on. Uh, help me out, man. Help me out. Come on, man. At least <laughs> you just gave up on me, I bro. Mean, really, those are the three main weapons, you know. And then you look at James White. You look at you yeah. know uh, the running backs and Sony Michelle. You know, so they I, they have okay weapons. They got Marquise Lee, a uh, uh, burner. You know, then they got, uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's it. it. Yeah. James White, Sony Michelle, and, you know, one that I'm keeping an eye on is, um, I can't think of his name now. We all drawing blanks. Who, Matthew Slater? Huh? Matthew? No, the running back. Um, you, I believe. Oh, Sony Michelle. Sony Michelle, James White, and they have another one that was kind of out all year. This is his second, second year. Um. Shoot. Who are you talking That's about? Okay. Brandon Bolden? No, heck no. <laughs> hey, don't do him like that. You know he's from Baton Rouge, bro. Right. Who are you I mean, talking about? He, he, what, what Brandon Bolden does is, for fantasy people out there, is make you mad. Especially if you got James White. You talking about Damian Harris? Damian Harris, yes. Damian Harris, Alabama, right? Yeah. Alabama, so you know I'm interested to see what he do. He didn't get an opportunity. Sony Michelle's been in and out with injuries. I know this ain't a fantasy podcast, but we I know we're getting to our fantasy. We're going to have our fantasy podcast, but that's what frustrates me with the Patriots because they just have too many running backs. The only running back that's really reliable is James White, and that's in PPR because he, you know he's going to catch a lot. Well, he did with Tom because we know Tom loved running backs, but, I mean, I don't know if Cam, you know, knowing Cam, Cam loved his tight end, but I don't even know who's a tight end in, in New England anymore. Some guy named Matt Lacoste. Say. Yeah, I don't know, man. So, we'll see. We'll see. But, moving along, staying on that NFL tip. Uh, let's see where we can go with this thing. Um, I think I got something you're going to like here, Los. It's only appropriate, man. Let Ross tell him, man. I, he ain't even. We ain't even counting no more. If it ain't right, it ain't right, man. We had some big, uh, 
huge contract signed over the week uh, because of the July 15th deadline for contracts to be done. And we had some big, big, huge, huge contracts. And I feel like it's one in particular that we must discuss. And that's why I played that drop loss because I feel like that's how Patrick Mahomes feel, man. He feel just like this. That's right, man. Patrick Mahomes signed a 10-year, $503 million contract. Biggest contract in NFL history. He's the highest paid NFL player in the league, period. And he's only 25 years old. Just made 25 years old. I think that it's it's less than, I'd be less than anything to ask you, Los, is it worth it? I'm going to start off and give my thoughts and I'll get your thoughts afterwards. I feel like that contract was well-deserved. When you look at his accolades, he already has a, had a Super Bowl and a, a league NFL MVP before the age of 25, bro. Think about that. And he was the only player in NFL history to accomplish that, bro. So that alone, but not only that, is that he's most must-see TV, whether it's behind the back. I mean, whether it's no-look passes. I saw he was practicing some behind-the-back passes at practice today. He's a guy of good character, too, as well. Lowe's like he don't get in any trouble off the field or on the field. If you're hearing, if you're hearing about Patrick Mahomes, it's mostly like what amazing highlights he's doing on the field. And if you're hearing about him off the field, it's when he's doing things like standing up for social injustices like George Floyd when he said Black Lives Matter and when he participated in the commercial that they had just demanding justice for, for people like Breonna Taylor. That's what he's doing. He said that he's black and he's going to do the right thing. But, Lowe's one of the things that stand out to me about Patrick Mahomes, about him standing up for social injustices, he did it before he signed his $503 million contract. He's in the middle of negotiations and he's risking it all to stand up for inequalities. I respect that. And then the last thing to just wrap up why I think he deserves it is is what – I think one of the things I think me Los me and you was watching this game together, right? When the when the when the when the Chiefs played the the Texans and they went down twenty four zero. We watched that one together, didn't we? Yeah. And we saw that they panned to the sideline. And I was like, man, this dude ready. This dude worth every penny. And he gave the let's do something special speech. They down twenty four zero, and he telling his players, let's do something special. And not only did he make a statement to these players as a leader amongst men. But these guys responded and scored three straight touchdowns in three minutes in the second quarter. And we we know the rest of the story. They went to win the game in advance to play the Titans in the next round of the playoffs. Man, dude is really, really, really stand-up dude, and he deserved every penny of that, man. Yeah, so I, I, don't, I can't argue that. <laughs> it's no... You know, you know, usually in these situations, you're trying to find a little area of the day, but, man, you nailed it because, again, this guy is, again, he's special. You know, and I always go back to this. You know, one of my coworkers, he's a Chiefs fan. Well, my ex-coworker, he's a Chiefs fan. And, you know, before when Alex Smith had the job and they had drafted Patrick Mahomes and the top 15 picks. I can't exactly nail it down. I want to say. 30. Yeah, they traded up to get him. I think they got him in the 15th, the 15th pick, right? Some, somewhere around there. 
And so, and, you know, I was just, I've been watching him, you know, and I watched him a little bit in college, whatever. And I told him, I said, he was like, you know, his big knock on him was he throws off his back foot, you know. He throws off his back foot, you know. He, he, I don't think he's ready. That's going to lead to interceptions in the NFL. And I said, you know what? I said, this dude is special. And this is before we played any game. He played any game, started anything. I said, I believe this dude is special. I think he's really going to be good, you know. So we talk about that conversation here. And he's like, man, how did you know? I was like, it, you can just see it. You can tell when people have that it factor. But, you, got it, you know, bro. to your point, I agree with you, though. Like, he is worth every penny. He's special. You know, I've seen he's just signed up with, um, you know, LeBron James, you know, with the social injustice. You know, he's he's now with the LeBron James doing that and pushing that forward. You know, it's just it, he's one of those players that he is a generational talent. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's going to be, you know, what Tom Brady was, you know, that headache for mm-hmm. years to come. You know, everybody said, oh, Tom Brady and the Patriots in the playoffs. Now that it's shifting to now the Chiefs in the playoffs. That's going to be that AFC team that everybody's just yeah. going to be ready. <laughs> yeah, to that's play. the one. And it's going through, if you're in the AFC, the path to the Super Bowl is going through the Chiefs for years to come. I mean, you might as well just go ahead and, and say it. And the Patriots, I mean, don't, don't, don't sleep on them either. I'm not sleeping on them at all. But, you know, one, one thing about it, bro, I think you and Cliff uh, Kingsbury must be uh, distant cousins because – he, he he guessed way back when uh, Mahomes was in college. He said he's on record saying, I think that he's going to be the highest NFL, highest paid NFL player in the league. And, and look at it, bro. It came into fruition. Uh, now, Los, I'm surprised you didn't have. Um, I'm going to say this, man. I think Patrick Mahomes may be the best player in the NFL, regardless of position. I don't know. <laughs> I already know what you're going to say, bro. I don't know about that. That's, AD, huh? Look, AD, huh? Yeah, he, he's special. But uh, that little uh, six-foot, you know, close to 300-pound defensive tackle, you know, for the Rams <laughs> might have an argument. I knew you was going to do that, bro. He, he, talking about, he talking about Aaron Donald for the L.A. Rams defensive tackle. Uh, def- multiple back-to-back defensive player of the year, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Multiple. The, the same guy that, that, that uh, okay, Schwab, okay. You know. What? What'd you say? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, the same guy to piss you off on man. Man, that dude is ridiculous on man. You could send a double. You could you could chip him. You could send running back help. You better have that ball out your hand in, in a minute, in a second and a half, because he's gonna be in your face. I, I I despise him on Madden, but that's real life. It's amazing to watch him work. Like you say, it's real life. It's it's amazing to just see him on the field, because just like you say, man, that dude is is just I don't. He's unreal, Los, and he's he really is. You see him every because you watch every Rams game, so you got privilege to see him every game, but. It's just amazing seeing him literally in the backfield like every play. Like, it's crazy. His handwork. I mean, even his peers. You know, I was watching um, Hard Knocks with the, with the with the, with the the Raiders, and I think they did a, a joint practice with you guys last year. And just his peers, like, man, you see that dude right there? Man, that dude is that dude is, is unreal. That dude is a beast. Like, to hear somebody in the NFL, one of your peers say that about you, He's like, man, his hand work, man. Look at his hands. Like, you can't even control his hands, you know? Like, to hear offensive linemen say that about him, he's an offensive lineman's nightmare. I know every time 
that any team is playing the Rams, the offensive line is like circling that day like, man, I got to deal with him for 100 plus plays <laughs> for yeah. three, for two and a half hours. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I remember that episode because uh, the Oakland Raiders uh, safety was like, man, look at him. He don't even look that big. He don't look that much different than us, you know? Right. But he don't, but you know, it's, his technique, his, his quickness, you know, that's what's separating his footwork. You know, he already got you beat on the line if your foot placement ain't right as an officer lineman. You already done. Yeah. You know, you better, be, you better be on your technique every game, every play, or he's going to blow up something in the backfield and change the game. Uh, he ain't better than Cam Jordan. <laughs> Stop it. Cam hey, hey come right. on. Don't do Cam, Cam like that. Right. Huh? Cam, no, he ain't on Aaron Donald. I, I, I'm joking with that, but yeah. but Cam is is he is a he is a he's up there. He's he's the in elite class, but Aaron Donald is up in that superior class right. by itself. Right, Aaron Donald retired today at the age of 28, and he'll already be a Hall of Famer. Right? Yeah, right now, I think Patrick Mahomes is close to that Hall of Fame. If all he needs one more season, <laughs> I mean one more if he get one more Super Bowl. Yeah, that's already you can already do it, you know. And that's at yeah. the age of what twenty three, twenty four, which is crazy. Yeah, he's he's only twenty. He just made twenty five, or he's about to make twenty five, like in a in a month or so, and he's already accomplished more than some quarterbacks that's been in the league forever. Let's move on. I didn't mean to have an Aaron Donald uh, discussion. I knew it was gonna I'm turn cool into that. I'm cool with it. I know you are. <laughs> yeah, man. But you know, some other interesting contracts that happened. Uh, Miles Garrett. I guess this will spill into how how appropriate is this because we just got finished talking about Aaron Donald, but he's not the he's no longer the highest paid defensive player in the league. It's Mr. Miles Garrett who signed a five year, hundred twenty five million dollar contract, a twenty one million dollar signing bonus. He's the highest paid defensive player in the league. I'm gonna let you have the mic, Lowe's. No man, he's one of those players. I think. Now, everything obviously going on with COVID or whatever, you know, these players are getting deals, which is, which is, you know, special. You know, that shows right now that, you know, with everything being uncertain with the cap, that they're still getting these huge deals shows how special these players are. I'm being messy. I'm being messy, Lowe's. I don't want you to hear, I don't want you to be politically correct. What you feel about this man being paid more than AD, man? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I get it. He's younger, you know, he. I don't have a problem with it. You're going to be fan, politically correct. <laughs> as a Rams fan, I want us to have the most cap that we can have. So we jumped on our deal before, you know, Matt got his deal and he became the highest and now Miles Garrett. And so now we got the player, the probably the best player at a reasonable contract. So I like it. Okay. My thoughts uh, with the signing, I was initially surprised, Los, just with the trouble he got in with the uh, Mason Rudolph debacle. I was surprised, but then again, I was kind of happy for the Browns because they have a history and they have gained a reputation for not signing their players, not extending their players. They say, Miles Garrett, we got him at number one. It's time for us to go ahead and take care of him. Let's set a new culture. You know, let's let Greedy Williams know that if he come out there and do what he wanted to do, do it. We drafted him to do, which is to become a lockdown corner, that this is what you can get. You can get paid. And I think that the Browns, that's that's gonna that type of mentality and culture in the organization, that's what's gonna set the precedent for them. That's what's gonna turn things around. You take care of those players. Now Miles Garrett is happy, he's motivated. He said, Now now that I'm the highest paid defensive player, I gotta show people why I'm the highest paid. 
So that you know, you want to hear your, you want your best defender saying something like that because he's highly motivated to do well. So I think that it's good that the Browns went ahead and jumped the gun on that. Um, but like I said, I was surprised just with him coming off that Mason Rudolph situation. But I mean, Miles Garrett is is only twenty five, so they they got him locked in until he's thirty. So they're gonna get all his good prime years. So that that's a good thing for them. So next thing I'm gonna move on to the next big contract, notable contract that we'll discuss is uh, Derrick Henry, and I know that you are excited about that because he's on your fan on your fantasy team in our dynasty league that we have. <laughs> But he signed a four-year, $50 million contract. What was more important to me was the $25 million that's guaranteed to him. So he got a pretty hefty contract. I felt like it was important for Derrick Henry to go ahead and push his agent to get this deal done just because of the usage that the Titans use him. They really running him into the ground. He is the offense for the Titans. But as many carries that he's getting, it's going to win him down eventually. I'm not saying that he's he's not built to take the beating because he is. He's huge. He's a huge running back, big, big running back. But I think that eventually when you're taking all these hits that he's taking, I think that it was very important for him to go ahead and get his money now, right now, before his, you know, before his inevitable decline because Father Time, like you said earlier, is undefeated. Yeah, well, I'm glad, again, what you said was, Right on it is. I, I'm glad he got the steal because again, a one year under, you know, the franchise tag can be the whole difference. You know, especially if they plan on rolling out Tannehill, which I'm not a huge fan of. I think he's just, you know, he got paid too, didn't he? He got paid as well. I think he he did well and changed that team, you know, and made the right moves. You know, he's not going to give you anything special, but we know the engine of that team is Derrick Henry. Yeah, you know, and and I think he deserved it. You know, he put that team on his back last year. With he did, carries. and so we don't want another year of him putting the team on his back, and then his stock, you know, goes down next year when he try to get another con or get a contract. So he capitalized on his 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 work that he put in, and mm-hmm. he got the contract when he needed. I think he's only twenty six years old, mm-hmm. four years, four year contract. You know, he's looking at another contract maybe when he hit thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I think that, he, you know, and then, I, like I said, I mean, he, he's the best. He's one of the best running backs in the game. Um, real quick on that note, hold on, I want to touch on Ryan Tannehill for a second, like you mentioned. I think Ryan Tannehill was really exposed in the playoffs versus the Chiefs because when they needed him to really throw the ball and make some plays, he he was in, he was incapable of doing so. So I feel like, you know, I, it's unfortunate, but – you know, I think that you have to have a quarterback that can make those throws. But, you know, it. You know, we'll see what happens with that. You know, maybe he'll get better. Maybe he'll be motivated with the contract. But, you know, the quarterback doesn't really – you know, quarterback position is very important. And um, maybe they're thinking along the lines of the 49ers that they can get, like, a guy like Jimmy G who can just manage, manage the game, you know, and be successful. You know, they've seen success that way. You know it's a copycat league. But yeah, Ryan Tannehill here to me, you know, he's he's been average his whole career, average and injured. You know, now he's finally healthy. But um, I know he was heavily hyped out of A and M, but I never really saw, you know, I never really saw how, you know, what other people saw in him. I, I you know, it don't surprise me that it, it was difficult for him to find, um, you know, success in in the league. You know, uh, but uh, I guess. Bouncing off Derrick Henry, it's been a big thing in the news. I didn't plan on asking this, but what are your top five running backs in the league right now? 
And we don't have to go in depth about it. You don't have to, you know, but I just, you know, just want to know. No, that's a good question. So I'm going to start off with, um, I'm going to go with um, McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go Zeke, Zeke the Free. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go from there. This is where it gets interesting. You know, I'm going to go with, you know, a healthy Kamara mm. at four. And then at five, you know, right now it's Dalvin Cook. Okay. You know, and, you know, to, to touch on that a little bit, you know, I know we had our dynasty draft and all that stuff the last month. Um, you know, I actually passed on Dalvin Cook for Derrick Henry, you know, and it's just because of contract situations and things like that and making long-term moves. But I do think Dalvin Cook is the better player. Dalvin Cook showed when he was healthy last year what he can do mm-hmm. and how special he is. So, again, that's my top five right there. But and him being it. healthy, though, bro, that's the thing. Like, that's a big, huge question. He's So far in his career, he hasn't found – a steady, healthy. Even last year, he did play the majority of the, uh, the majority of the season, but he still ended up missing some games. Yeah. So it, it you know, is his health is a big, huge question for me. But you know, like you say, when he's out on the field and healthy, I mean, it's no question. Right. He's a right. big play. He's a big play guy. I was surprised that you had Kamara in your top five. Let me see if Kamara's in mine. I don't even know if he's in mine. Let's see. Uh, I got. As my number one running back, I think that I'm going to go Saquon because he's just so special. I've, I had the privilege of watching him in person, like I told you, and the guy's special. You know, he you know he, he passes the eye test for me as far as talent. Then I'll go CMC, Christian McCaffrey, and then I'll go uh, Zeke because uh, I think Zeke is, is a great running back and, like, you know, like the media is trying to just – I don't know what they – what's up with him talking about they, the, he's declining. What? Are you looking at his numbers? But anyway – so I, I go Zeke there, and then um, I think I I go Derrick Henry, and then um, I think I'll go uh, I think Alvin Kamara is in my top five. I go Alvin Kamara, and then I think Dalvin Cook would be six. And all the reason is because of his health issues. Um, but I I go uh, Alvin Kamara at five. So yeah, so we'll we'll move right along. We ain't plan on getting into that. But uh, so mentioning mentioning contracts. Dak is notably Dak is not signed, and you know negotiation has been going on for months. We've been hearing stories that he's declining contracts. I think he, I think in the news, I don't know how true it is. I I did some research and I saw that he did turn down a one hundred seventy five million dollar contract over five years. Uh, that's right around the ballpark of tier quarterbacks like Carson Wentz, uh, a Jared Goff. You know, which I think Dak should be placed in there. I don't, I don't understand. But then again, I don't blame him for the, go ahead and signing that franchise tag. He's gonna be making thirty-one point four million dollars this year, guaranteed. Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, you you got to look at both sides. One is, you know, he 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 feel like it's a certain number that he's 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 worth. The other side is, you know, Dallas Cowboys just you know put out all these big contracts to these other players and Zeke and. Amari Cooper and Demarcus Lawrence, you know. Um, but again, the quarterback is the most important position on the field, you know. And Dak is trying to get what he thinks he's worth. Um, so, you know, the the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones has been smart. I think about this situation is not overpaying him, you know. And what I mean by that being smart is they got an insurance policy with signing Andy Dalton. Not saying Andy Dalton is Dak or he's a great quarterback, but you know, in a situation where 
they lose, you know, Dak last next year, they do have a serviceable running uh, quarterback to come in to at least be serviceable and hand the ball off to Zeke and get the ball to what we've seen Andy Dalton get the ball to A.J. Green in his earlier years. He can probably do the same with Amari Cooper. So they did do a smart move with getting Andy Dalton under them. Now, granted, Andy Dalton's only signed for one year right now as mm-hmm. well as Dak. So right now their quarterback situation is up in the up in the air after next year. But again, I think Bridges are burned. I don't know if Dak comes back. You know, I think Dak does the whole Kirk Cousin thing, sign keep signing these franchises. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. I mean, I, I mean, if you could f- sign thirty thirty million dollar franchise tags. I mean, you winning because uh, NFL contracts aren't guaranteed. So I mean, really, when you're trying to look at these contracts, you're really just trying to make as much money up front as you can, and. Uh, that's that's what I pay attention to when I look at deals. You know, like the NBA, the money's guaranteed. But when you look at the NFL, it's not. So, you know, what whatever that guaranteed number is, that's what you want. You want it to be highest that that it can be. So, I mean, yeah, it's not here. I mean, I think Dak, is it possible to overvalue yourself, though? Dak hasn't been to a Super Bowl. They haven't been to – he hadn't led his team to the playoffs – he is a guy that's uh, reliable because he hasn't missed a game since he's been in the league. So he is reliable on the center. You know, I think that his numbers are, are pretty good. But, you know, like I said, I mean, what is he looking for, Patrick Mahomes' money? Because he's just not going to get it. Uh, I mean, he, he's brought his team to the playoffs a couple times. But, again, he hasn't made deep runs in the playoffs at all. You know, he hasn't been to a Super Bowl, you know, and it's just it's hard to – want that type of money when, you know, yeah, your numbers are good, decent numbers, you know, but again, are these numbers that, you know, where you're supposed to blow away with your contract? Yeah. No, you know, and it's just, I don't, again, this is what we are, this is what we think is happening. We don't know if that's necessarily what's happening. Maybe the Cowboys are giving him way less than what, you know, Golf Wentz got, you know, and that's what he's feeling disrespected. And I do I do stand corrected, Lowe's, too. Uh, like you said, he does have a playoff win, but one playoff win. But, yeah, man, we'll see where it goes. Like you say, we don't know. I mean, we're we looking at reports, but, I mean, I think that I think that he he, he winning by getting paid 30, $31 million this year. That he'll be set right. with that. Right. That's more than he's gotten over his whole career. Mm-hmm. You know, in the first four, five years he's been in the league. Yeah, for sure. So, I'm standing on the NFL tip. Uh, Deshaun Jackson found himself in some hot water. And uh, I think, that, you know, for making some anti-Semitic comments. Uh, what are your thoughts of it? And, and how do you think that the team handled it? Uh, you know, what are your thoughts on that? You know, because we're going through a tough time as far as as black people going through social injustice. And then you have a black man make some remarks towards, you know, another group of people, you know, uh, you know, just I mean, not the remarks, but he, yeah, he posted, you know, you know, the story. He posted a quote from Adolf Hitler, which will never sit well with anyone, you know, especially Jews and what they went through with Adolf. And I'm not trying to lower that on a small scale we know about the terrible things that he did which is why it's it's a problem of what he posted but what are your thoughts on that i mean i think it was to be honest and frank is it was stupid it was very ignorant it was like and it's taking the spot off spotlight off of 
this huge time that we're going through with social injustice and, you know, the whole Black Lives Matter, you know, movement right now. I took the spotlight off of that and gave, you know, people reason to look back on something different than what's going on right now and pro police brutality and things like that. So I think it was very stupid and it was, you know, it was pointless to post, you know, it was like, you know, what was your point? What was you going to accomplish by posting this? You know, what are you getting at by posting this? So, I, I mean, I think he's making, you know, on the other side, of it, I think he's making the right move to educate himself. You know, I've seen, you know, he's been doing a couple of things and meeting with a couple of survivors and things like that and learning the history of it all, you know. But so the the, again, the, the thing is, yeah, the thing is too is is his anti-Semitic remarks, the, the the quote that he posted from Adolf Hitler, it wasn't an honest quote. Adolf never said that. So it, it, you know, and the thing that Adolf Hitler cared about black people at all is not true as well, because all he cared about, all he wanted to spare was blonde hair, blue eyes. You know, so it's just, it's ignorance. I would like for people to educate themselves on issues before they speak. I think that that's the important thing. Educate yourself. We don't know it all. And I feel like before you want to offend someone or before you feel strongly about it, educate yourself and and then make, then act and speak on it. And I think that that's what he felt, that's what he felt to do. But like I said, like you said, he has since apologized. And I do applaud him for going ahead and educating himself on those issues and you know I, you know he was fined um but i'm hoping that he does you know educate himself more uh because no one knows it all and, and people make mistakes so you know he he uh acknowledged that mistake and you know it's time for us to heal it's time for us to heal and, and move forward with it uh from that from that point on so mm, so on that same note I guess the, we could shift to the WNBA as well. Uh, the WNBA, they've been questionable lately. <laughs> like, they've been wanting garnering and, and wanting the support of, of the people, but it doesn't seem like they're following the NBA's path as far as diversity, as far as being a player's league and catering to the players. Uh, and I first start with uh, Della Dunn, Alina Della Dunn. She is diagnosed and has Lyme disease and has had it for years. And she wanted to opt out of going into the bubble because of the coronavirus. And she says that her personal physicians are advising her that she is a huge risk for her to be in that bubble. And if she was to get COVID, it could be some consequences that would be worse than someone that doesn't have Lyme disease. And the NBA, with their own physician, rejected her opt out. <laughs> Uh, her opt-out request. Right. What's your thought? She will have to lose money. Yes. You know, or yeah. risk her life pretty right. much. Exactly. Thoughts? So, <laughs> yeah, and then you look at the the Atlanta's only coming out and saying the things that she said. It's just the WNBA right now is definitely not helping their stock. No. Um, no. And, you know, it was pretty much... You know, if people don't know what the owner said for, I believe it was the Atlanta team, um, you know, <laughs> she pretty much mentioned the black, in so many words that she doesn't agree with the Black Lives Matter movement and, you know, things like that. We should have a flag on, they should have a flag on their, 
on their jerseys. And so she was just pretty much sounded really tone deaf or she definitely knows what's going on and she's just standing with her side, you know, and then again with a league that is yeah. so heavily with black people in it. Sen- you know, yeah. it's just very disrespectful. The league eighty percent black and uh, her name is Kelly Loeffler. She's a senator uh in Georgia and she's on record as being a stout Trump supporter, so no surprise there. But uh the players again, the players are, are were calling for her to have to give up her ownership of the Atlanta Dream, and the WNBA NBA say they're not they're not going to force her to sell her stake. And you know how the NBA handled Donald, uh, ironically Donald. What was his name? Donald Sterling. Sterling. Yeah, for his racist remarks. So it's sad, man. The WNBA got to learn, man. They gotta, you know, if they want support of the people, they they're gonna have to, you know. I mean, they're a struggling league, and I, I've, you know, just like they playing their games at a high school, <laughs> their bubble is the high school campus, the IMG Academy. So, you know, compared to Walt Disney World and the NBA, who paid like a hundred million dollars to rent out the facility, so you know, we do understand that they're on a on a on a smaller scale. But I think you still should ha- should be doing the little things right. I mean, you said that you're gonna have Breonna Taylor and and. Uh, the other young ladies that have been uh, victims to social injustices. I can't think of all of their names right now, but that, that's getting it partially right. But that, that really doesn't mean anything to me. But when I look at when there's a clear distinction of, of a problem, you know, it, you know, we understand now at this point in 2020, if you don't understand, you just don't want to understand that black lives matter. Not saying that other lives are less. It's just saying that, we want equality. We want to be valued. Our lives want to be valued just like everyone else's. And it's simple as that. And, you know, and it's a movement against police brutality against African-Americans. That's what this is about. Don't make it more or less. So I think that that's what the problem is. But I, I just think that, honestly, I wouldn't pay too much mind to her because I feel like she has a, poli- a back-end political agenda anyway. She's a senator. She probably wants to run for higher office and she want to appease Donald Trump. So I think that it's a little bit of that. So I really don't feed into it, especially with a politician. But I do think that she was to give up her stake. If the WNBA don't stand for that, they need to get rid of that. That type of rhetoric is just as dangerous as the rhetoric that Deshaun Jackson displayed. So it is what it is. And that brings up another point, too. You see how fast... When a black man make a mistake publicly, uh, a la Nick Cannon, every he loses his job. Deshaun Jackson, a day later, fined. You know, but yeah, a lady like this, a white lady, Kelly Loeffler, makes a dangerous remark that is, is dangerous to society and the movement that we're making. And she she gets nothing happens to her. She gets to keep her job. She gets to keep ownership stakes in the in the team. It's just we we have a little way. We have a long ways to go, man. We have a long ways to go. And, you know, to say everything is equal is not right now. You know, and that's just a clear example. Absolutely. But uh, not to run off on a tangent, it's just kind of, it kind of just kind of disturbs me uh, with the WNBA. Then you want a young lady to risk her life out there on the floor. She's your WNBA MVP. She's the pretty much the face of the league. And you're telling her she has a disease that she has to risk her life because your physicians are saying that she's okay to play. Come on now, man. You know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but real quickly, we wrapping up, man. We're going to get out of here, man. But uh, I just wanted to kind of talk about uh, uh, Mr. Maker, uh, 
a, a five-star athlete center deciding to go to an HBCU, Howard University, class of 2020, isn't he? Isn't that this year? Uh, 2021. I thought it was 21. 21. Uh, I think they say that's the first time an athlete – I know it's been some years, years, like maybe 30, 40 years since a, a D1 athlete has – I mean, not D – a, a, a five-star athlete has chosen the HBCU to go to. And we're waiting on Mickey Williams to make his decision. But, uh, I mean, what, what, are you th- what are your thoughts on that, Lois? Like, how you feel about a five-star athlete taking that st- type of stand? No, I, I, I love it. You know, I think we need more of that. We need more of it, you know, because, again, we know these five-star athletes bring in the money for these schools, too, you know, like, People want to see them. They want to be on TV. You know, they're the best of the best. They get on TV, which ultimately turns into money for the schools and giving back to these HBCUs. You know, um, so I think it, it was good. And I think you know it. You know, it's good on him for being the trendsetter with all this. You know, you being the trendsetter makes it huge. Makes it makes it you know hard. Pretty much, it makes it it makes it unbelievable and it, it, it's good on him because again nobody else did this recently you know let me say that recently because you know it has been done before you know best best at least you know now before it was like it's been decades <laughs> it's been decades yeah right I used to go to these bigger schools usc you know and uh north carolina duke you know and for a five-star athlete to go to hbcu you're making waves man so good hat off to him yeah, definitely head off to him, man. Hopefully, uh, a lot of other athletes follow suit with him and follow that example. Like I mentioned, Mickey Williams uh, made some tweets implying that he was considering it. So let's see if you know he'll follow in Maker's uh, footsteps and actually act upon it. So Los, man, you got anything else, bro? It was a lot to talk about, man. Like goodness gracious. <laughs> Sixth one, you know. I we ain't even talk about. I wanted to talk about the bubble a little bit, like talk about like our underdogs and. Right, we I, got time. We I, got time, I, especially this over this next week or so. Yeah, let, yeah, let, we can save it because I mean the season has started. Let's save something to talk about because it ain't much, but besides boxing and UFC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, we did it again. We thank you for listening and joining us again. The Opinionated Benchwarmers Podcast. Again, if you're not doing so, please subscribe on wherever you get your podcast from. I know that the main outlets that we try to say that we own, because we know everybody has it, is uh, Apple Apple Podcasts. And we're also on Google Play and we're on Stitcher. So make sure that you subscribe. But we're also on other outlets. So wherever you get your podcast for, just search Opinionated Benchwarmers. And you should be able to find us. Make sure that you follow us on O underscore Benchwarmers on Twitter and Instagram. As always, we appreciate you for listening. And we're going to head on out. Until next time. Peace. Later.